It's The Social Club and we are live. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of The Social Club right here on the Chronicles of Aguna podcast. It's our show where we talk a little bit about Arsenal, but a little bit about everything else as well. And coming up on this show, we're going to be discussing Mikel Arteta. We're going to be getting a neutral perspective on the job he's doing at the Emirates Stadium so far. We're going to be touching on Spurs' FA Cup exit, which we all thoroughly enjoyed. We'll also be looking ahead to some of this weekend's games and ranking some of England's up-and-coming young creative talent. So something a little bit different this week. And joining me to do that is the brilliant Mr. Simon Alavi. Welcome back to the show, mate. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. And we will be joined by Dan DeLuca at some point as well. Uh, He's been a little bit held up, but he will be joining us as well this evening. So looking forward to... uh, Poking phone, poking fun, I should say, at the Luca after the after Spurs' FA Cup exit, which is always always nice. Um, I want to kick off by by discussing Mikel Arteta Alavi because there's been a lot of talk around the kind of Arsenal fan base over the last few weeks. Of course, it seemed as though Arsenal had turned the corner, and then uh, here come two two defeats to literally knock us back down to earth. Now, I think most Arsenal fans will agree that the defeat at Wolves couldn't be pinned on Mikel Arteta because the the team he put out performed very well in the first half. Things just didn't go our way um, and and the game, you know, took a turn for the worst. Some people were very disappointed with the, the performance at Aston Villa. Me, not so much, but I think it's given everybody a bit of a a bit of a nudge towards kind of reevaluating where we are at this point. You know, Arsenal find themselves in 11th place in the Premier League table, which for a club of our size is, is just not acceptable. You know, Leeds are above us. They've, they're a point clear with a game in hand as well. And if they beat us at the weekend, Leeds could end up being seven points clear of Arsenal. So he's not looking good in terms of our league form. But I wanted to get your perspective on Mikel Arteta and the job he's doing, because you're not an Arsenal fan. Sometimes... You know, people say, well, if you don't support the club, you can't really know what's going on. I, but sometimes it's nice to get a different take from yeah. someone who's detached and and a little bit maybe more fresh eyed to the situation. What is your your initial or what is your assessment, I guess, of the job that Mikel Arteta has done at Arsenal? And, and where do you think Arsenal are at in terms of the process? So I would say if you can discount three things then he is doing a very good job. And it's very hard, I would imagine, as a fan of Arsenal, to discount those three things. So number one is you have to discount the league position. So a club the size of Arsenal, can you discount the fact that they're in, what, 11th, 10th, 11th? 11th. Yeah, that's very difficult. Number two can you discount the fact that he won the FA Cup and almost set that precedent that he can't, now, no, because a cup competition, yeah, because a cup competition is just anyone on their day. I mean, you saw, you know, he he lost to Southampton, 
put out a stronger team and then won in the Premier League. So that shows how you can field sides in the FA Cup or any other domestic cup and win on the day. And then number three is can you, I guess as an Arsenal fan, just get away from the fact that they had opportunities to sign other managers in, in both pit, not just Emery um, and, and the Arteta. They had manager, uh, opportunities to sign other managers when Emery and Arteta were appointed, both of them, whether it's an Ancelotti, you know, um, Ancelotti's probably the, the name most talked about, probably a Simeone as well. If you can discount those factors and see it as a rebuilding season or perhaps two rebuilding seasons and not look at yourself as a club that used to be competing for Premier League titles, were in the Champions League final, then I don't think he's doing a very bad job. But I think the, the I think he's actually doing a good job because in the last month or so, I think you've seen actually a style of play emerging, which I didn't think was there before at all and I think the Southampton thing for me is the key because it showed what you would do against the same team essentially with your first team and your second team IVFA Cup game and then the Premier League game and I think if you also break down his I guess his signings which of them bar Willian who hasn't really even had a run out which of them are actually bad signings Gabrielle's not a bad signing. Thomas Partey's definitely not a bad signing. Um, Cedric's not a bad signing. None of them are that bad signings. And you look at the contracts he's extended. I know you're not, uh, or some of your listeners might be big David Lewis, might not be big David Lewis fans, but David Lewis is a, is a good club player to have on a contract extension. Um, remind me of the other four, Saka, Aubameyang, Martinelli. You can't argue with any of those four. Rob Holding, maybe the fifth, there's a debate. So that's what, nine plus, so that's 14 players where there's only two or three where you could maybe question his recruitment in terms of signings and I guess in terms of um, contractual continuance as well. I mean, if you look at his outgoings, I know you're a big, or were a big Ozil fan, but he, there was a point where you sort of did have to let Ozil go. Were any of the yeah. outgoings that bad either so do you just you just have to give him time and you have to let those three things go and accept that he is a manager who is going to take time and there's something that I can't quite put my finger on that he has that Emery didn't even if their league position and their points and everything else is the same the one thing that I'd say maybe goes against him is that you look at those front three you look at how much they cost what excuse does he have in not getting the best out of them. And I do think he's going to be judged on the next few games because, correct me if I'm wrong, but Leeds, Benfica, City, I think Benfica again, and maybe Leicester. Yep, that's that's right. where you're judged. But then if he's in 11th place and only eight, nine points behind Liverpool who are in fourth, then is that that bad? They beat Leeds at the weekend, they jump. So I think, on the surface, if you look at it as an Arsenal fan, you'd be disappointed. I think you really have to go into detail, which only I do because I'm an Arteta fan, not an Arsenal fan. When you go into the detail, then you can see that there is something there. And that's the difference for me. Yeah. And I wrote a piece the other day, um, which you can find on 90min.com. And, and the title was, there's progress under Mikel Arteta. It's just not always crystal clear. And sometimes... 
um, as you alluded to, you need to scratch beneath the surface a little bit and have a look at individual sort of areas and understand certain aspects of it. I think I, I don't want to sit here and, and kind of make excuses for Arteta again, because I do that so often on this show that I don't want it to come across that way. And the reason I'm asking you what you think is because it's nice to hear someone else's view, someone who isn't wound up, someone who isn't uh, still hanging on to past glory, someone who isn't angry about certain things that have gone on in the last couple of years at the football club. But I think you make some really, really valid points. And you mentioned that there's something about him that Emery doesn't have. Um, I, I think it's kind of like an aura. It's kind of like a... I think a, it's how partly he handled the bad time as well. Yeah. But I mean, for me, I think a lot of that, though, it is to do with the communication. And and that thing maybe that it's maybe it is that he is a better communicator. He's more articulate. Um, obviously, it helps that he speaks the language. And Unai Emery didn't. You know that was, you know, it wasn't me digging out Unai Emery because of the fact he didn't speak English. You know, I, I can't speak Spanish. I'm not sitting there, you know, saying that it's out of order. But I felt that particularly during the rough times under Unai Emery, he would have benefited himself from having a translator alongside him so that things didn't get lost in translation because they often did under Emery. And I think as fans, if you can understand the plan, if you can understand the direction, if you can understand the manager and he can get across his values and his philosophies and his ideas, I think it's easier to buy into, isn't it? It is, but there's a flip side to that coin. It's a lot easier to buy into if you're a fan of... Everton, Leicester, maybe even... Do you see what I mean? It's a lot easier to buy into when you're not an Arsenal, where you don't have that, we've just won the FA Cup, we have a third, fourth, fifth biggest team in... That It's a lot easier to be patient when you're not an Arsenal fan. Oh, of it's, course. It, and the other thing I think you should always break down with a manager, and, I, and I'll give a balanced view here, because I wouldn't have, a, uh, I wouldn't have anything detrimental to say about, say... Jose Mourinho last night because I think he actually tactically did what he could. I think they should have had a penalty. I don't. I think you. I think with Emery and all managers, but take Emery versus Arteta. I think you have to look at games and look at what they did and whether they lost the game on something that was their fault as a manager, or whether it was a I don't know a refereeing decision, a penalty in the last minute. They had. 14 players out with coronavirus or whatever it was. I know that every team's got excuses, but I do think, oh, I hate to paint a bit to say it, but Arsenal can really read out the excuses this year just as much as any other club. So you have to look at the games where Arsenal have lost. And if you, oh, okay, they've lost a lot of games, right? They've lost way too many games. We can't dispute that fact. But then you just have to, as what I would do if I was an Arsenal fan and I was evaluating Arteta's progress, is I would pick out the games where it was Arteta's fault. Now, how many of those are actually Arteta's fault? That's the difference. So you look at the um, the one you're in, the Wolves game. Not really, that. Any, I think any manager would have lost that game. Right. Leicester, yeah. with any, like, all, uh, do you see what I'm trying to say? So how many games, I think it was just that run, that little, that, the bad blip he had, where I think, okay, now, there were a few decisions he made there that were, that were, um, like I said, use the word again, but detrimental to the side. Actually, the, the, since 
for about six, seven weeks, I don't think he's done anything wrong. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think, as you said, we're, we're starting to see a style of play emerge. I think you're starting to see, um, you know, him work out who his best 11 is. Some will say it's come too late. But as you said, you know, the, the difference between Arsenal's best 11 and Arsenal's second string, there's no better example, like you said, than going back to those two games against Southampton in the space of four days where we played pretty much, barring a couple of different Southampton players, the same team. We played the same team with two different teams and the two outcomes were very different. And I think... They are, I think, sorry, to, but I think the difference between what Arsenal fans need to realise there is that they are not a City, United, Liverpool or whoever that would win those both Yeah, those agreed. Games. And, and, and because... But they don't get that because they're still remembering when Henri won them the, the Premier League. Do you see what I mean? So you've got to get out of that mindset. And, and the strength in depth is no longer there at Arsenal. It's, right. it's not there. You know, people were talking about the need to to shift off the dead wood, as they called them. You know, the Mustafis, the Ozil's, the Kalasinaches, the Socrates, all of those players. And they've all been moved out, right? But Because they weren't good enough to be, to form a strong squad at Arsenal. But you've also got to accept that in moving those guys out to prepare for the summer, you will be left a little bit short in terms of bodies and personnel, because if, if that's the way Arsenal need to operate right now, which is move players on to be able to bring players in, then that is just part of it. You know, we've got to accept that. I think one of the, another thing a lot of people don't really talk about uh, when assessing Mikel Arteta's performance is the injuries to key players. Now we're talking about injuries to Kieran Tierney, who has become so important to this Arsenal team. People were talking about him being named the new captain, you know, he was a couple an Emery of signing, ago. though, wasn't he? Wasn't, yeah, he was. He, he, he was an Emery signing, but he he is very important to the side, and he's broken down on multiple occasions this season. Thomas Partey, forty-five million pound. We were all overjoyed, elated when he came in, and I think although we've not seen a lot of him, you can still tell that he's a great player and he makes a big difference. But unfortunately, this is now the third time that Thomas Partey's broken down as well. So. Mikel Arteta has had some bloody rotten luck. You know, Gabriel was finding his feet in the Premier League, started to look really good, gets hit by COVID, struggles to come back. And and, and there's just been so much of that lately. Um, and like you said, Arsenal are not the only team this season who have had to deal with these issues. And, you know, and it's not a, a full, ex it's not an excuse for everything that's gone wrong this season. But we can reel off as many excuses as anybody else. And that's kind you of can, the point. But C City played the other day. Well, they've been playing a while with their, their two worst, sorry, two best players Agreed, out. but that just evidence is the strength, is strength in depth. It is. Yeah. I guess what I would probably argue against you and maybe some, and, and agree with some anti-Arteta fans maybe is, would Ancelotti be doing a better job? Because would he really have resisted the chance to go to Arsenal? I know we did an Ancelotti versus Arteta pod, you know, uh, years back, but you have to look at last night and wonder why they didn't break the bank for someone like an Ancelotti or a Simeone. That is, is it because... I know you can't do anything about hindsight, but, you know. Is it because they were looking at the longer term? And Carlo Ancelotti, what will he come in for? Three years, max, and that's it? Maybe it was that. Maybe Arsenal they were looking for... wait three years for... No, but I'm, I, I, I don't think we should. As a fan, I don't want to wait three years, but I can understand why 
the club have got to a point where they've looked at it and gone, shit, we're in a mess here. We need a complete rebuild and we need someone who's going to stay with us and steer us through that rebuild. And you've got to remember as well. I don't know. But you've also got to remember as well that Arsenal tried to get Arteta when they got Emery. Yeah. So he was always on the radar. It wasn't just, you know, out of the blue. Um, let's uh, let's go over to the live comments quickly and see what you guys are saying in the live chat. But before we do that, let's welcome uh, our other guest this evening, or panellist, I should say. He's not a guest, he's a regular. <laughs> welcome to the show, Mr. Grumpy Dan DeLuca. How you doing, mate? It's a handball, It's a handball. To, we'll to get onto that. We'll get onto that. We'll get onto that. We're going to talk about. Hello. We're going to talk. We're going to talk about your mob in a bit because I definitely want to get into that tonight. But let's let's go over to the live comments. Let's see what these guys are are saying. A big hello to everybody joining us live at the moment. And make sure if you haven't already uh, hit the like button, please do so. Subscribe to the channel if you're new, and if you're interested in becoming a member of the channel, you'll receive access to our exclusive content. Um, as well as some other perks, then click the link in the description and uh, come and join us. You can choose which tier of membership best suits you, and we'd love to have you on board and welcome you as well into our Discord server. So check that out. Um, just a quick reminder as well that this podcast is brought to you by manscaped.com. Uh, so if you want your nether regions to be as lush as uh, crisp as the Emirates Stadium pitch, hopefully not as green though. Head over to manscaped.com and check out the Lawnmower 2.0. What a piece of equipment! I've got one myself. And if you enter the discount code 90min20, it's rolling across the bottom of your screen. That's 90min20, uh, then you'll get 20% off your order and free shipping. So, yeah, if you're in need of something like that, then, um, yeah, check it out. You, you can use it on other parts of your body as well, but it's specifically designed with anti-clipping technology so that you don't catch yourself down there and end up in a bit of a mess. <laughs> He's trying to hold in his laughter. <laughs> right, let's go over to the live chat. Um, it's good thing Luke Simi, though. <laughs> uh, Xander says, uh, two points and six goals better off than the same point at last year. Uh, progress is there. Uh, Steve Stone says, as a supporter of Arsenal, I'm less happy. I'm less than happy with our current position. I'm not surprised, though, with the mess he walked into. It's too easy to just blame the manager. We need to go back years. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, big hello to Jashar, one of our members as well, and to Omar, who's not convinced uh, by Arteta. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, uh, let's see what else you guys have got here. Graham Beecroft says... Harry, can you please, can you please, can you give the Luca more airtime? My wife is glued to the laptop, swooning oh, at Alavi. Oh. I can't take no more. I'm an Albion fan, and Maitland Niles looked out of his depth playing in midfield on Sunday against the Spuds. We're crying out for a decent right back. Let's hope Sam plays him there. <laughs> can I? Can I? Can I respond to that? That's my highlight of the year. Go ahead. Like ne- next week, I'll I'll sort my hair out a little bit. All right, I'll put some fake tan on, like I'll have you over there. I tell you what, I'll even clip my grapefruits using one of those manscaped things. All right, I'll be fine. Unbelievable. Let's, let's give the fans the what they want. Alavi, Alavi, give a pose. Go on, get the muscles out. Go on, give a pose. There he is. There he is. There it is. There it is. Look at that. Alavi Arteta. There you go. Uh, there you go, Graham. I uh, hope you're uh, 
Hope I haven't spoiled your Valentine's Day for you. <laughs> it's when time. A, next time we go to, to a laddie's house and I look at his computer and he's probably got three different accounts and he's posted them comments himself. <laughs> One's I'm not having that. From a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not having that. Does anyone know Graham, by the way? <laughs> Does anyone? I'm, Does anyone I'm just know saying... Graham Beecroft? Because Graham's watching from Facebook, so it must be linked to one of us somehow, surely. <laughs> no, to be fair, I don't want to. I don't want to credit, discredit, you know, your, your fan base. But have you ever seen Graham Beecroft and Alavi in the same room? Because <laughs> I haven't. I haven't. That's what I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> gonna have to edit the pod. Right. Let's uh, let's move on from that. <laughs> Let's uh, let's touch on um, let's touch on Spurs' <laughs> FA Cup exit because uh, fucking I wish I never a... joined. <laughs> I wish I never joined. It's gone from bad to worse. You want to talk yeah, about Tottenham getting, now as well? It's fucking getting hell. from bad to worse. We're not going to go too deep into Tottenham, Deluca, because Thanks. I mean I actually think it will be harsh to to really have a go at Tottenham because <laughs> it was just one of those. <laughs> Leave the Beecrofts. <laughs> it was. Um, it was it was a crazy game of football. It was a game of football whereby anything could have happened. And sometimes in this beautiful game that we all love, you just get nights like that. You know, it's not you can't look at it and, and read into too much. You can't look at it and say Tottenham are a shambles defensively. You can't look at it and say the same about Everton. You can't say either of them are particularly potent going forward either. You you just can't draw conclusions from that game, in my opinion. But what I really want to hear from you, Deluca, is your rant about the referee, because you were particularly incensed with a decision in extra time. Go ahead, mate. The floor's yours. I was really annoyed because it's there are some decisions that are completely unforgivable when you have a video. And someone asked me to sum the game up um, after I calmed down. And I basically said, when you play a team and their midfielder is a better goalkeeper than your own goalkeeper, you've got big problems. Big problems because he made more saves than Lloris in that game, and that's that's it's unacceptable to to move your arm towards the ball under no pressure. And I just don't know how a video referee can't deal with that. All he's got to do is give the decision, and and he decided not to. And I couldn't understand that. And it, I think you know when you lose games, you all overreact and get really angry. And I didn't want to get nitpicky with a ref last night because it was a good game of football. Um, it was decided by the team who made the least defensive errors. That's basically what it come down to. Whoever makes the least mistakes over 120 minutes won the football match and we made slightly more at the back. Um, so I didn't want to make it about a referee, but <clears throat> there was a few 50-50s that didn't quite go our way and you take them on the chin. You know, was there a foul on the build-up to a goal? Maybe. Does it matter? Maybe not. Their penalty was probably a penalty. There wasn't much yeah. in it, but you'd expect it. The guy's been tripped, so fair enough. So you accept them. But the one at the end where a defender in the wall has moved his hands toward the ball to block it, I just find that unacceptable, and it really pissed me off. And I was really annoyed, really annoyed. And I was still annoyed today until about an hour ago when um, Everton drew Manchester City, and then I cheered up a little bit. <laughs> just a little thing bit. Is, if AI is meant to look at what you can't see in real time, yeah. And why he hasn't gone and looked at that is beyond belief. I think um, the thing with it for oh, me... Hold on a minute, hold on a minute, though. hold on a minute, right? Me, us three are constantly at each other's throats in WhatsApp because you lot don't want VAR and now you want VAR to bloody no, step in. 
I, no, I don't want it. I what don't me want and VAR. said this morning, because we knew you wouldn't want to be involved in the chat, what we've said this morning was that if, if, VAR, if there wasn't VAR... I'm They've got a secret WhatsApp group without uh, yeah, me. Jesus yeah. Christ. Sorry. Um, it's just us to Mrs. Beecroft. If VAR doesn't exist, you forgive that decision, right? Because you go, do you know what? It happened in real time. Referee, and you talk about it the next morning, you go, shame that happened too quickly. I would have missed it. Ref missed it. Fair enough. Like DeLuca said this morning, you get the odd fan that goes, oh, we got treated. Blah, blah. But the truth is, if you're an intelligent and logical and pragmatic enough person, you get over it. You cannot then excuse it with VAR because there's no excuse for not going over to at least view it and see it's a clear armed ball. And if he does still not give it after looking, then fair enough. But at least give a reason as to why you haven't yeah. given it. But VAR makes it inexcusable. How he hasn't got... I just... I'll be fuming if I was a Spurs fan. Yeah, I was thinking, And why I was fuming as well is I just watch... I just watched the first game that Spurs have played for some time that I enjoyed watching. Yeah. Um, for the whole time, <laughs> the um, because yeah. we, we we haven't been we haven't been entertaining. I enjoyed some of the defensive victories, and there's something therapeutic about beating a team and defending for ninety minutes and just watching the other team struggle to 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 grind you down. That is quite enjoyable. But even it's been November December since we had a performance even like that. So I've enjoyed the game for 120 minutes. It's getting late. I've stayed up, you know, and and the game of football was entertaining. And then right at the end to have that kick in the bollocks and you just think, it wasn't worth it. Like the whole two hours I've just spent sitting here wasn't worth it for a referee to decide that he can't be bothered. And what annoyed me was, but it's the whole clear and obvious element. It's like people want a guy to catch the ball and put it down in some circumstances would be a handball. Then another time he's got to brush someone's like fingertip and and then it's given. And I just think for that one there, if you're only going to, if you're only going to view, rule it a penalty because it's clear and obvious, a clear and obvious handball in the wall, then it's pointless. Because if it was clear and obvious, the ref would have seen it to begin with, and he didn't. And that's where I needed him to step it's in. It's clear and obvious the reason he didn't see it. And the reason yeah. he didn't see it was because it was a free kick yeah. at 100 miles an hour. That's enough to count as clear and obvious, so go and yeah. watch it. So the fact there was a video there annoyed me, so that did frustrate me. The performance yeah. um, frustrated me in some ways because defensively we were poor. But to be fair, so we're Everton. So I can't discount the fact that some of our goals were presence as well. Um, but what it did was it it some kind of, of well, yeah, it kind of vindicated it kind of vindicated Mourinho's setup in some cases because what we've learned with Tottenham, which some of us have known for a long time, is no matter what you do, how you set up, um, what tactics you use, that defence and those defensive midfielders and fullbacks will cost you goals. Yeah. So. If I was Mourinho now, I'd look at it and say, I may as well just give the fans what they want because we're probably going to ship goals anyway. But then the Mourinho in Mourinho will say, I'm going to try and prove you prove you wrong and do it my way. And I think either way we lose. So that's the disappointing yeah. thing. Well, they're out now, which is great. Um, let's, let's go back to some of the live comments. Uh, Yonick says... Responding to the title, we were talking about Arteta at the top of the show. He says, Arteta talk, I thought we already established that he was the Messiah. No, that's just a typical Arsenal fan thing to do, which is to not have a balanced opinion on everything and be completely one extreme or the other. Nobody's saying he's the Messiah. Nobody's saying he's perfect. Nobody's saying he hasn't made mistakes. Let's let's, let's get that right. Um, Said Abdullah says he's seen enough from Arteta to believe he can move the club forward. 
moving on, Alex says, are you glad that we didn't go for Mourinho? Because I really am. I think he'll destroy everything that they built up. Yeah, completely agree. Xander says, I thought David Coop done pretty well last night. I agree with, with Xander as well. Um, Steve Stone weighing in on the Mourinho stuff says, now there is a manager. I'm glad we didn't get. Um, and according to, and Xander points out that according to Peter Walton of, on BT Sport, yeah. Oh, VAR is not there to correct things. I think so he's the only one we all agree on, really. Peter Walton is... Oh, jeez, man. He's, he's a mess. But I, we're, in, we're done for, aren't we? I hate paying a subscription knowing that yeah, it's contributed yeah. to Peter Walton's salary. Wow. It upsets me. Whether um, you're paying a subscription is debatable, but... <laughs> well... I am actually. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, everything's above board here. Let's uh, let's move on. Um, let's uh, let's have a little bit of a discussion about some of the creative attacking talent in this uh, current sort of in this current time. I guess that England have at their disposal now. I think over recent years we can all admit um, and we can all agree that that's been an area in which England have been lacking. You know, real creative flair players. You know, within, I always get this thing where I always feel like sometimes in this country, hard work is more appreciated on a football pitch than technical ability. And I think in many ways that's cost England over the years. And I think some players who maybe had the technical ability weren't appreciated the way they should have been. Um, and I think... Huddles, goals. There's loads. There's yeah. loads. You can list off loads. And, and I feel like now you're at a place where these players are starting to get a little bit more appreciated and there's a group of them coming through. And um, the, the kind of five names that I picked out um, were Phil Foden at Manchester City, Bukayo Saka at Arsenal. I know he plays from a slightly wider position, but you know he's proven himself uh, quite a bit, I'd say, in recent times. Jack Grealish of Aston Villa, Mason Mount at Chelsea and James Madison at Leicester City. Um I think we're going to try and rank them. We're going to rank them in order of how good they are. If there was only one position in the England team for these five players, in what order would you prioritise them? So let's kick off with you, Alavi. As I mentioned, it's Foden, Saka, Grealish, Mount and Madison. You don't have to go through all five. Maybe give you a top three okay. and the reasons why those I'll, three. I'll go five to one, but I, I won't. Go. So I think... Yeah. I think I'd have Mason Mount in fifth. I think he's the most overrated. I don't. I think he doesn't actually bring a particular sort of intangible quality to the table. I think he has a lack of. Um, that's a great comment. Sorry, Letizia. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Letizia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Letizia, add the Letizia and Hoddle uh, to. Sorry, Hoddle's goals. Um, Mason Mount, the lack of strength. I think you saw that at Derby. I think for me, he's the most overrated. I'd have. Um, it's controversial. I'll probably have Madison at fourth. And the reason is, I don't think he chips in with enough goals. I think he scored maybe six last year. I think seven the year before. I think it's easy to forget with Madison that when you talk about talents, I think Madison's up in his mid-20s. I think he's 25, which is why I would probably put, actually put Sakrat third based on his um, based on his age. Harry's what? Is he 19? Yep. I, he's obviously quick. Um, I think he keeps the game very simple. I think with Saki, he doesn't, he doesn't lose the ball as well. And I think based on his age, I'll put him at third because I don't think we should just look at this as, as um, what they've done so far, but also where, where they could be potentially. So I do think age comes into it because you do have to 
um, be cognizant of the fact that Madison's 25 and Saka's 19. I'd have Grealish as second. I think, you know, he again, I think he's more in his mid-20s, but he's able to um, carry a team. See, the qualities of Jack Grealish are there for everyone to see. It says something that he's really able to carry a team that, you know, just about escapes relegation um, last year. Obviously, he's got the most stylish, um, he's best looking, looks a bit like me in many ways. But for, for me, number one, and I've said this for a long time, um, and I'm sure you would substantiate this, but I've said for a long time, Phil Foden is the best talent I've seen since, as a young English player since Wayne Rooney. And it would be very typical of England not to build their side around him because he is, he is shining in a brilliant team. He's top three in assists for City. He's top three in, in goals for City this season. He is, I guess, stronger than he looks. He, he's just got this burgeoning talent where he will take the ball in any tight area. He's got vision. He's got it all. He is not just one of the best English um, young talents. He is one of the best young talents in the world. I think he's barely turned 20. He's got the best goals per minute ratio of all the guys you've um, listed there. He's got the best passing accuracy of all the guys you've listed there in terms of this season. He's courageous. He's, I mean, he's doing it against Liverpool. Like Jack Grealish is doing it, but he's not doing it against Liverpool like Foden, Phil Foden did at the weekend. For me, Phil Foden is uh, almost, he should be called, you know, something a bit more <laughs> exotic. Phil, than Phil Foden. Yeah, because honestly, he is unreal and uh, England will probably end up playing him left back or something be- because that's what they do with these type of players. He, he, the distance between him being number one and the, the guys I put second and third is is huge. DeLuca, let's come to you. Uh, so, Alavi, just to clarify, your top three is Foden number one, Grealish yep. number two, Saka yep. number three. Correct. DeLuca, yep. let's come to you, mate. And based on potential as well as what they've done now. And, and also as well, I can see some of you are putting your rankings in the comments. Get involved in the comments. We'll pick out some of yours as well. Yep. So get involved. Let us know your top three from Foden, Saka, Grealish, Mount and Madison. If there was one position available in the England team for these five guys... Put them in order of priority for you. DeLuca, let's come to you, mate. Yeah. Okay, so first thing I'll say, I really like Saka. I've called Saka for a good couple of years from afar and said, I rate this I rate this young player. My issue I've got here is he's almost the only one of the bunch who isn't who isn't the number ten, which makes him difficult to stand out in that particular crowd in terms of in terms yeah. of creativity. So I mean in terms of the, the upcoming Euros, I I wouldn't be surprised if he makes the squad. And I think what's gonna go against Saka this time and in his early England days is the fact that he's played more than one position in his career. And what England tend to do is piss players about. And one day he'll play left back because someone gets injured, then he'll play left wing back and then they'll shove him on the right. I think someone needs to pick a position with a kid and um, and let him become a specialist in that position. Um, and he seems to have found a little space in Arsenal now where he's pulling strings. So he's a good player, but he's not going to be the one um, in terms of the answer to this question. <coughs> I want to make an interesting point here as well, because we're talking about number 10s and potential number 10s. And Alavi made a comment there about Foden. Um, and it's a comment I made about four or five years ago. Um, and I made it about Deli Alley. And I said to him, he's the best young player since Wayne Rooney. You look at him now and he's um, he's terrible. And what's interesting is we're talking about five number 10s here. And it was only three years ago, two years ago, 
that England played in a World Cup semi-final with Deli Ali and Jesse Lingard both fighting for those positions. So it just shows you how quickly these players can fall off of the wagon. Yeah. And that's where I don't think Phil Foden will. Um, but it's just something to be a little bit mindful of. I think he's in safe hands. I think he's in a team that aren't going to fall off the wagon. So his confidence is likely to remain intact. But if Manchester City decide that they're going to bring in a new big player um, in that sort of position and starts rotating um, and they're not very careful with him, he could easily get frustrated and may look for a move away, make poor career choices. So I'd be a little bit cautious at this stage of what is clearly a talented player. I think he needs to be looked after. Um, so I agree completely with Alavi took the words out of my mouth. Mason Mount, I don't even want to talk about, to be honest. I just, I just don't think he's that good. I think he's okay. Nice little player. No more than that. Um, so I would put um, I would put Grealish at number one for tomorrow. If you ask me to pick the team tomorrow, <clears throat> I would I would put Grealish in there. Because um, I think he's done... I'll cast your minds back to a pod just at the end of last season where one of your people in the comments asked, what players from the bottom four or five would you take at your club? And I said with Grealish, I think he's good, but I don't know. Um, and if Villa don't stay up, he'd have been relegated twice. And then I'd be worried. Actually, he's kept Villa up. And that completely changed the landscape for me. And he's taken Villa up from the championship pretty much single-handedly. He's kept them up pretty much single-handedly. And now with a little bit of help from Ollie Watkins and a couple of other players, he's now propelled them again. So I think when you stack that up, that's a pretty big achievement. And there's not many players who have got that on their CV. And what I see as well is a player who who has had the guts to stick around as well. Um, I know it's his boyhood club, but give him a lot of credit for that. He's very hard to contain. Um, you see the amount of play, the amount of times he's fouled and he's on the deck. We're talking about proper fouls as well, not throwing to the floor at any sort of contact. Opposition players struggle to contain him. Um, Phil Foden is not going to be playing with the same amount of quality in terms of the tick attacker movement and the understanding that Man City have got. Sure, he left Sterling next to him on the left. Um, he'll have Kane up front who can put goals away, but you know Kane's style is not really the tick attacker mobile sort of stuff, so it's slightly different. And then on the right, whether it's Rashford or Sancho, it's a slightly different setup. So. I would have Grealish there because I think he's a bit more dynamic and I think he fits more into the, the natural England, English style. And I'm going to put Saka at three just because I've always liked him. I think he's a good player. And I think um, Madison is a twat. And I think that's a good enough reason. <laughs> I, it might not be a fair reason, but uh, I think Madison's a, I think Madison is a, is a good player. Um, I think he's a good player. I think he's got a lot of ability. But again, I don't think he is... I don't think he's top tier. Um, and I think Saka is, I think Saka's a bit more threatening, a bit more often. So I, I put Saka ahead of um, ahead of uh, Madison. So it's the same as Alavi's, but I'd swap uh, so Grealish and Foden around just to be controversial. But hopefully, but it's interesting because the debate is essentially between us: do you do you have the player who stands out in a good team, or do you, a very good team? Sorry, or do you have the player who carries not a, not a very good team or a lesser team? And well, it's an it, interesting it, one because it. There's no right or wrong answer. Well, no, apart from Foden's been right. But, uh, yeah. I know if someone's know. argumentative, it's always a reverse, isn't it? So yeah, if I yeah, say yeah, to you, yeah, yeah. he's a brilliant player, play, and you say, well, he hasn't done it at a big club. Yeah. Or if I say, well, he's a brilliant player, you'll be like, oh, we'll look at the players around But him. there's five, six so years in between way... them in terms of age. That's the key for me. Yeah. So Yeah, I'm that's fair. But yeah, but yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, let's go back. Let's go back to the live comments before I quickly share mine. Let's see what you guys are saying. <laughs> 
Alavi, put your other phone away. Stop pretending to be Graham Beecroft. <laughs> Graham's gone. Mount Saka, Madison, Foden, Grealish in that order. And my missus is disappointed that Alavi compares himself to Grealish. She says no one can compare to Alavi. So um, put your put your second phone away. Give it a rest. That's enough for tonight. Uh, let's let's see what you guys are saying in the live chat on this debate. Ella says uh, Saka, 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 Saka and Saka. Uh, Ryan Adams says Grealish, Saka, Madison, Foden, uh, right, more versatile. Are you saying that Foden's fourth? Is that is that just to clarify that, Ryan? Let me know. Um, Triple M says Foden, Barnes, Mount. Uh, Harvey Barnes isn't it? Like, nah, he's not in there for me. He's not even in the list. Uh, Junior Gunner says Grealish. Did he know John Barnes was retired? <laughs> yeah, I thought that initially that's what comes to my head. I didn't even think. But, he, but Barnes is another example, actually, though, isn't he? John Barnes, that is. Of a sort of player that England yeah. never appreciates. Never appreciated, yeah. yeah. There's loads. Um, Junior Gunner says Grealish, Foden, Mount, Saka, Madison. Uh, Feradun says Foden, Grealish, Saka. Arsenal Granny says Foden, Saka, Grealish, Madison, Mount. Um, the real captain says Grealish, Saka, Foden. And um, what else have we got here? Uh, Yonix says it has three, isn't it? That there's a clear three emerging. Yeah, there's a clear three emerging for sure. Yonix says it has to be Grealish uh, right now. Um, what else have we got here in terms of your comments? Tofa says Grealish, Saka, Foden, Mount, Madison. So most people rank Grealish, Saka and Foden as the top three, but the, the order is is variable. Saka's predominantly third. Yeah, and and De Luca makes a great point about Saka because he doesn't really play as a number 10. He has played there. Um, I would argue that his best position is the one he's playing in now, which is on the right wing, mm. where he's able to cut inside onto that left foot of his. Um, he's also shown that he's got the confidence on his weaker side to go on the outside of people as well, which makes him really difficult to defend against. Uh, Jashar says Grealish, Foden, Saka, Madison and Mount. Uh, so there you go. Right. My three. I'm going to go with Grealish as number one right now. Oh. And, and I completely appreciate Alavi's point that Foden is younger. And I do think that Foden has the talent to get up to probably beyond what Grealish's level. I just look at Grealish now and I look at him and I think he is a difference maker. He is someone who single-handedly gets his team over the line most weeks. And I look at Foden and, you know, this is probably unfair on Foden, but the fact that he is playing in such a strong side, you can look at it one way that he's able to to compete at that level and that's exactly. great. But yeah. for me with Grealish, when I watch him play just stylistically, the guy is unreal though. What I love about Grealish is he can get the ball, he can run at someone and without ever showing any real pace, he can just skip by them like they're not there. It's unbelievable. Um, the way he controls the ball in tight spaces. And when we were playing Aston Villa, we we did a bit of a focus on, on Aston Villa and Jack Grealish in the preview show. And we looked at how often actually Grealish, who plays on the left, but is right footed, similarly to Saka, goes on the outside of people. And, and when you're a defender and you know that you're always going to show the guy one way, it becomes easier. But when you're playing someone like Grealish, you can go either way. And so elegantly, it's a real, real difficult thing to cope with. So, yeah, um, I go with Grealish number one. 
I go with Foden number two and I go with Saka number three. I agree with Alavi's points on Madison. I, I, you know, Madison seems to be getting more credit lately because of his post-match interviews, which I think are in, irritating. I mean, I don't know why people enjoy them. They're irritating. Um, so I, I'll drop him out and I'll drop. If we did this pod in five years time where Foden would be Grealish's age, do you think we'd be talking about a, a very good player at Aston Villa? That's for the, like, just imagine Foden in five years. It's it's a great point. No, a great it point. is a good point, but but by the same token, like I said at the beginning of the of of, of this debate here, <clears throat> we're talking about Deli Ali two years after, yeah. and he's shit already. So <laughs> you know, and that's that's the reality of it. He's playing badly. He's dropped from England. He's not even in the reckoning, and there's five players above him just there without even thinking about it. Jesse Lingard's playing for West Ham. That's how quickly he can yeah, fall apart, um, and that's. I, you know, in five years' time, there'll be another 19, 20-year-old player who we look at and say, he's got potential. So you think, and you might be right, that Foden's got the ability to be, you know, a top five player in the world. And, and if he is, then he's going to stick around there for a while. Um, but the thing, yeah, the, the thing, the thing, the mistake that England have made in many tournaments past is giving player a starting berth just because of their club. Um Man United had a lot of players playing for England who perhaps shouldn't have. They squeezed Do you not think in. Ali and Lingard have something outside of football where Foden probably won't get distracted? Yeah, that. oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a really that's good the point. one thing you've got to remember with. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's professionalism, and when players fall off the wagon, it's normally because their professionalism has dropped. But because even when we were talking know, about yeah. Lingard and even Ali doing well, there was also like, did you see that stupid little handshake he did? And I know yeah, we joke about it. Yeah, but modelling with Roy Keane, but actually, Phil Foden doesn't do that. Yeah, modelling for Boohoo Man and yeah, all, yeah. all sorts of ridiculous oh, things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. The quick reminder of what, while Alavi's mentioned it, if you haven't already, uh, check out manscaped.com. They are kindly sponsoring the Chronicles of Aguna for the rest of February. Uh, so head over to manscaped.com, enter the discount code, which if you're watching us on the video is rolling across the bottom of your screen. It's 90min20, that's 90min20, and you'll get 20% off as well as free shipping on your order. So check Manscaped out if you're looking uh, for your bush to be... Uh, Just, is that the right word? <laughs> what are you asking me for? Um, <clears throat> if you want your your playing field, shall we say, to be as crisp, as lush as a Premier League pitch, but preferably the Emirates one because it's mint, head over to manscaped.com. Just on Alavi's yeah. point he made at the end there. <laughs> I'm did, glad you said Alavi's point there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, did you um, did, did you see the um, the explicit video um, containing Deli Ali that Deli, came out yeah, a couple of years ago? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm yeah, telling you, that, that, lad, that lad... Quite well, yeah. That lad has never used Manscaped. and certainly going to be modelling for it. <laughs> right, let's um, let's move on to the uh, preview part of the show. So going forward on the uh, social club, myself, Alavi and DeLuca are going to be competing against one another in a predictions league. Alavi has kindly put together a, uh, a spreadsheet that will allow us to keep count of the score. So the way this is going to work going forward is we're all going to predict each score in the Premier League in the upcoming weekend and you will get one point for the correct result and three points if you get the correct result and the correct score. So that's how we're going to be doing this. We're going to see which one of us three um, is the real football man, basically. Um, So I'm going to run through the games and we'll go through the room 
uh, and get your predictions. Uh, so I'll I'll start with the game between Leicester and Liverpool. I'll give my prediction first. We'll rotate who goes first so there's no copy in. Um, Alavi, I'm keeping note of these, so I'll send them yeah, to you after. Yeah, I'll, to do I'll this. write them down. Okay, cool. You write down, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so let's let's kick off with the game between Leicester and Liverpool. That's the early kickoff on Saturday at the Walker Stadium, 12.30. I'm going for a 1-1 draw. DeLuca. Nil um, 2 Alavi. Um, I've gone 1-1, just in case you think I've uh, written them down, just to think I'm copying you. 1-1. <laughs> See, fine, fine. I it's, 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 it's not the weakest link, Alavi. You can just, but, just uh, when you say nil two, you're going as in Liverpool two. You're also say Liverpool two nil. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Two, two nil. Cool, cool. 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 I like people that do that properly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, like the people that do that. The yeah. 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 Nil yeah, two. Yeah. I don't like people that say oh two nil Liverpool. Yeah, it annoys yeah, me. It. So yeah, yeah I like that. Let's see what you guys are saying. Let's go for the old-fashioned one. You know what? As well, we're gonna we've got to find a way here of. Of rewarding the listeners somehow as well. Can't we get can't we get one listener every week to represent the listeners and have a listener score? Yes, I like that. I like that. How do you decide which listener it is? That's the thing. We'll just well, let's we'll pick just... from let's pick from the ones now. Whoever let's pick gives from the, the first ones super now. chat donation. Let's let's keep pick from the ones now. Uh, I so, know Graham. Where's Graham? I can't well, see Graham. Got to be Graham Beecroft, isn't it? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to pick the first person that gave a prediction in the chat this week. Tofa. Okay. Tofa, right, do so. you want to represent the fans this week? And we will have a fan score moving forward. Give me a thumbs up in the chat if you want to do it. Let's give him a few seconds. And, and while he does that, we'll move on to Crystal Palace against Burnley. Graham Beecroft wants to do it as well. Do you know what? Just all put your things in. All put your, your things in. Don't worry. All of you put your, your things in and we'll read them out. Um, right. So Topher's gone 2 1 Leicester. 2 1 Leicester. Okay. Yeah. Pick, put Topher's results down. We're going we're gonna to make him the, the fan representative this week. Omar's gone 2 1. Yonick's gone 3 1. Robin's gone 1 1. Ryan Adams 1 1. Lots of you with, with the 1 1s. Jashar's gone for 2 2. Um, Topher says he'll do it. Sure. Graham, I'll I'll get you on next Graham week. Next week yeah. Graham next week. Topher's here, so Topher's doing it uh this month or this week, this month. Um right, so Topher's Topher's our representative, listener representative this time around. Uh big hello to Marsbot, by the way, who's just become a member of the channel. Thank you so much for signing up. Make sure you hit the Discord server, click on the community tab or the membership tab. I can't remember which one it is. You'll find the link there. Come in the, the Discord server and join us. It's great fun. And uh, thank you for your support. Really appreciate it. If you're interested in joining us um, and becoming a member of the channel, supporting us to bring you more content and exclusive members only content, then uh, click the link in the description. We'd love to have you on board too. Right. Moving on. Crystal nice. Palace versus Burnley. Alavi, you can go first on this one. I've gone nil nil. Nil nil. Do I'll do one nil Palace? I also went one nil Palace. Okay, Tofa. Tofa. <laughs> we'll just carry um, on and then we can put. Well, Tofa says he's going to let the chat roll through and he'll pick the most popular score. That's a good way of doing it. All right, fair enough. All right, City Spurs then. Good well, lad. Let let DDL start with that one. Yep, City Spurs. Four nil. 
four nil. It's been you didn't ask well. you didn't ask who to come on. No, because you you well, City are at home, yeah, so yeah, yeah okay, four nil, okay. four nil. Okay, I've got one nil Spurs. Sorry, one nil City. Sorry, one nil City. Sorry, gone Harry. I've gone two nil City. Okay, right. The, the most popular score from the the listeners for the Burnley game. Sorry to go back, Alavi. Yeah, yeah is uh, Burnley? It's Crystal Palace nil. Burnley one. Oh, okay. And how about City? I've not got that. Burnley to shit house it. Let give a few more seconds. Let them do right. one game behind so that the chat catches okay. up. So Brighton Villa, right? Yep. Yeah, I'll go first on this one. Brighton one, Aston Villa one for me. Alavi goes second. Uh, Brighton nil, Villa two. The I'm, I'm Brighton one, Aston Villa one as well. Cool. There's a lot of similarities between me and Deluca here. I'm mm. surprised. Mm. Uh, Topher's gone 3-0 City in the Spurs game. Four. So that's our listener entry. Okay. That's a good shout. Yeah. yeah. Uh, moving on. DeLuca, you can go first on this one. Southampton versus Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, I'll do um, I'll 1-0 Southampton. But they, won, they won tonight, so I'm a bit dubious against the same opposition, but I'll stick with my prediction. I'll have you. I'm going 2-1 Wolves. I don't know why I wrote my prediction down there. Yeah, 2-1 Wolves. So one two. Sorry, one two. I've gone two nil Southampton. Okay. We'll wait for Tofa to uh, round up. Uh, what's going on in the chat? It's a shame we've started this today. Really, I've pulled yeah. out some absolutely outrageous, outrageous predictions this season. I've pulled out absolutely <laughs> outrageous. Never <laughs> once to blow his own trumpet, oh, Mister Luke. Never. <laughs> right. <laughs> let let Tofa catch up on that one. Let's go to. I love you can go first. West Bromwich Albion versus Manchester United. Oh, West Brom, yeah. I've gone 0-2. I Manchester United went 2-0. DeLuca. 1-3. I've gone 0-3. Okay. And for the Brighton uh, yeah. Villa game, it's 1-1 for the listeners. Okay. I know if you're listening to this on audio and you can't see what we're doing, it's a little bit confusing. I get that because we're jumping back and forward. Uh, but I'll try and make it as clear as possible. Um, let's go four, and I'll go first on this one. Arsenal three, Leeds United one. I've gone Leeds two one. one. Sorry, okay, sorry. Go. Two That's one right. Arsenal. Sorry, Harry, you went three one Arsenal. Three one Arsenal. DDL? Yeah, so I'm two one Arsenal. Okay. Um, hello, Tom Marshall. How you doing? Um, what was his name? Anthony Martial. That guy there in the comments. Was the guy who not just joined on YouTube called Mars Bot, and now this guy's called Marshall Botto? No, I think it's the same person. I was going to say it's like a lavy of Beercroft. There's like double <laughs> double gangers everywhere. No, it's the same person. It's the same person. Um, what's going on? Going back to the West Brom game for the listeners, okay. Topher's gone with 2-0 to United. Okay. Okay. Right. Uh, so we've done that. You know what? Let's let Topher catch up with the Arsenal-Leeds game so we're not too far behind because it becomes a bit messy jumping back and yeah, forth. Yeah, he's still got Southampton Wolves as well. Yes, he might have put that in and I've missed it. Let me scroll back through the chat. Yeah, he's gone 1-1 with Southampton Wolves. Okay. Sorry, my bad. No. We we get a slicker next week, I reckon. Oh, we, we definitely will. We definitely you should see will. this formula from the spreadsheet. Oh, man. 
He, he put together a spreadsheet. What a nerd. <laughs> I mean, absolute nerd. Um, I used to, when I used to work in, in the bank and, um, I used to get asked to, do, to put together like a really complicated spreadsheet. I'd often offer to buy someone lunch if they did it for me because I was so bad at it. So bad at it. This formula is about 20 lines long. It's brilliant. Jesus. All right. Uh, so Topher's gone 2 1 Arsenal. Okay, cool. Um, so, so we've got what we've got Everton Fulham. Yep, you yeah. go first there, Lavi. I've gone 3 0 Everton. Okay. Did you? De Luca. One one. Oh, that's that could be the yeah. Gone, Harry. That's, that's, that's the gem. That is. The, yeah. One every week. I have gone two nil Everton. Okay. And it's West Ham, Sheffield United, isn't it? Yeah. Hold on. Let's get the let's get the group oh, yeah. prediction as well. I'm sure, we can talk a bit of shit for a few seconds in between each game. But we'll make this much more slicker next week. What we'll do <coughs> is you can get um, the listeners' ones beforehand or something. Uh, I'll think of something throughout the week. Uh, right, there's a couple coming in now for Everton. They're all apart from well, there's two for an Everton win, three for an Everton win, two for an, a draw. Um, it feels like just looking at it, the most popular one you've got is two one Everton. There's three okay. of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Four of those now. So two one Everton. Okay. Don't worry, Tofa. Right. We got that one. Uh, so that's. Yeah, 2-1 Everton is the most popular so one there. that's the Monday games, isn't it? Yep, now it's the Monday games. So we're moving on to high-flying West Ham United versus Sheffield United. I'm going to go for a 1-0 win to the Hammers. I'll even tell you who's going to score the goal. Thomas Suchek header from a corner. <laughs> Mike Riley referring. Um, I'm, I'm, this is my gem. I'm going one all. Going for West Ham to drop some points. Go on, Didier. 2-0. To yeah, West Ham. Okay, cool. Okay, I'm gonna. Uh, we'll wait for the chat to catch up. But while while they're catching up, I'm gonna introduce something extra here. Okay, to spice it up a little bit. Deluca's gem is the Everton Fulham one, right? And yep. Alavi's gem is the West Ham Sheffield United one. If you can name your gem. And it comes off, you get a bonus three points for the week. How about that? I something that isn't the big favourite, or yeah, it's got to be an underdog points, or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. is Liverpool dropping points an underdog to Leicester? No, no, it's not. No. No, 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 okay. But if you went no. Spurs to beat City, it would be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How about if you went Spurs to draw with City? <laughs> no. no. Uh, right. Go two nil West Ham. Okay. Two nil West Ham. So the last yep, one there's... is yeah. The last one is Look. Chelsea Newcastle. Yep, Alavi, you can go first on three, this one. Three-one, Chelsea. De Luca. Ah, oh, two-nil. I've gone with yeah. a three-nil Chelsea win there. Okay, and then the listeners. No, no, Callum Wilson. No goals. Do you know Is what your? Oh, of course. Your gem, your gem doesn't have to be a, a, a shock, but it has to be one that. The no rest of the panel yeah, agree yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah. if it comes off, it's a decent shout, right? Yeah. Because mine are, I'm looking at mine and the one that I'm probably looking at and think is, is a bit of a gem. I'm going to go Brighton and Villa 1-1. Are we, are we okay with that being my gem? Yeah, just, I mean, geez. Well, are we not? If we're not, I'll change it. But I haven't gone for any underdogs, so. Oh, typical. Yeah, all right. I guess you're the host. 
By the way, by the way, you only get the gem points if the score is perfect, right? Okay, fine. You you don't get get gem points, but yeah. All right, fair enough. So you can hang it on one game. Okay. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, Yep, so the Chelsea one, the listeners have gone with 2-0. So that is our predictions concluded uh, for this round. So we'll revisit those next week. We'll see who's where in the table. We'll uh, gloat about our gems if any of them come off. And uh, we'll poke fun at whoever. There's, there's no listener gem, though, is there? Um, no, there is. Burnley won nil. Well, I'd actually say Leicester beating Liverpool 2-1 is a gem, to be fair, from the listeners, no? Fair okay, enough. so listeners, no? let us know yeah. in the chat, which one would you lo- prefer to be your, your gem? Be either Leicester or probably, yeah, Burnley. Or they've gone Brighton 1 or Villa, same as you. Yep. So do they pick that as their gem? Okay, so they either go for Brighton Villa, Burnley to lose one or to Palace, or to Leicester to beat Liverpool two one. Cool. That's right. Let us know in the chat between now and when we wrap up the show, which is going to be in a couple of minutes' time. Uh, right. Quick reminder: if you want to become a member of the channel, you can do so by clicking on the link in the description. There are three tiers of membership available: red, gold, and platinum all of which offer different perks. Uh, Gold members and above receive access to our members-only content. And yesterday's edition was a deep dive into why why Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's form may have dropped off. So look at some of the tactical reasons behind that. We know that there have been issues going on off the field for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, but tried to work out why uh, tactically it's not quite happened for him this season. Um, elsewhere, check out manscaped.com. Enter the discount code 90min20 to get 20% off at manscaped.com. My thanks to Mr. Dan DeLuca. Uh, Thank you for joining us, mate. My pleasure. Alavi, thank you to you too, sir. You're welcome anytime. Um, We got to go. And and Chris has gone for Leicester as their gem in the chat. So, allocate it to to Leicester yeah I think Um, that's right that's fair because then everyone's got something different cool yep cool sounds good so we look forward to looking back at the predictions um next week uh Topher says I think the Leicester gem as well so that they're all happy with that it seems and uh, we'll revisit that on next week's edition of the social club don't forget to hit the like button on our way out if you haven't done so already it's free it doesn't cost a penny just smash the like button it really really helps the video we will be back next week with another edition of the social club until then ciao listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.